Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marcia. We've got another good show. Two shows this week. I know a few more to go, and then in August, I think I'm taking off to finish a couple books. But we have a really good show. We haven't had a children's author show for several, it's a couple of months now, I think. So, and both of the guests that are on have been on before several times. And um, these are the people I brought on today because. They've been on a lot of the shows, but they have a lot to say about the subjects we're going to talk about, which is many subjects. But, you know, we will concentrate it on, you know, communication skills and things like that, family and, you know, family matters and being with children as far as reading books to them. There's so many different things we're going to talk about, but I'm going to let each of them tell you a little bit about themselves. And before, I, I probably should say I am also an, also an author of children's books and I've worked in the medical field for 30-some years um, with kids. So I think this is going to be a good show because I think there's a lot of things parents can do to help their children throughout the year because during the pandemic, as you know, I've had a lot of shows. At the beginning, we had a lot of shows talking about what parents could do with their kids, you know, and because it's become, you know, apparent that kids are home a lot more than they used to be. Parents are home more than they used to be. So I think that combination will be very helpful to the child eventually. But, you know, because as I could say, like last week when we had a show, we were talking about the fact of what our children are watching and reading. Some parents have no idea because they're very busy. They're doing work at home, and sometimes something has to give. And so they're trusting that their kids are reading or watching TV the right things. And sometimes they're too young to see some of the things that are on TV. So we're going to talk a little bit about all these subjects, but I will let um, Rich Linville, who's been on several times, as I said before, and he'll tell you about himself and his process of thinking about children. Rich? Hi, Rich. Hello, Emma. Um, yeah, Another, I, year. I Another year. Another yep. year. Another year of children's <laughs> books. <laughs> Yeah, Tell everybody enjoyed, a little bit about how you started and why you did well, you know, enjoyed, what you do with all I enjoyed books. teaching for 48 years, all grade levels, from preschool up through college. My favorite is 7th uh, and 8th because I like to have them debate and do arguments and, and discussions. But um, I enjoyed all grades. When I retired, my wife said, um, you should start writing books. And I said, why? And she said, you've been telling stories for 48 years. You might as well write them. So I called my granddaughter, and she liked unicorns. My grandson, he liked 
Greek myths and, and myths and uh, legends. And so I started writing books and uh, purchasing illustrations to put in there and had a lot of fun doing it. It was almost as much fun as teaching, but not quite, but almost. And since 2016, I've published over 150 children's books on all topics and all subjects, including e-books, audiobooks, and paperbacks. And I just, I always have five or six books in the back of my head to think about, and then I pick the one that I'm most excited about and interested in, and, pick, and choose that one, and come back later to the others, and just enjoy doing it and doing the research and and um, getting the feedback from from parents and from uh, teachers that have that have used my books. Okay. Yes, and we're going to talk about several of the things, especially how you ended up doing so many books. I know Judy mm-hmm. very well, and Judy is probably thinking, "Oh my God, so many books! How is this possible?" <laughs> I thought Judy, I tell thought. everybody a little bit about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I um, I I love writing children's books. I have two out, and one of them I did, which nice added treat was with my sister. And um, the other one, um, uh, and, and good illustrators. And someone said, where do you find illustrators? For me, I just found them online, and and they seemed to say what I needed them to say with a picture for the book. But um, by profession, I'm a ret- well, retired, um, licensed clinical social worker and used to work with children in terms of therapy and in a children's hospital in my life. And then I went to a school. And the school is, was where I really got a sense of what the kids, about reading in books. And um, I had two of my own. I have two sons in their 30s now. and But I really got a sense of what they like to read. And um, uh, so I started writing children's books. I Actually, I had old manuscripts, but I really said, I, I need to get this published, this, these books. And so I did. And um, uh, one of the 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 and, and I also appreciated books. I'm reading one of Rich's. I mean, right now called Ocean Creatures. And one of the things we found out in the libraries is have a variety of books. Have especially for holidays too. You know that you have something visual yeah. and yeah. you have the book. And so I'm going on. But um, so I love writing and I also write, which is sometimes people go, oh, "You're kidding me." I also write suspense books with World Castle. So I've gone from children's, and I still have three books out now that I just wrote that I'm submitting, and I have my suspense books I work on. So it's kind of interesting day for me, you know, from children right. to well, suspense. But I don't, and do one of the things, I don't do anything gory yeah. or anything. I just yeah. write suspense. Right. However, I just before I, I did write a little note to myself here to say this. Uh, I think because children's books, it's, it is difficult to sell them. We all know that. But um, I have a few people that I use that also help people, you know, with getting their work out in a very economical way. And I think the more you're out there, the better it is. You can't just leave the books on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever you put it, because it's just you're not going to get your book seen. So I prefer to have, and there there are a lot of children's groups, but everybody's a writer in there so they're not really buying the books but they're giving people information i'm not in a lot of those children's groups uh because some of them actually don't give good information they give their information doesn't mean it's right so i try to you know back up whatever i do and i don't ever refer anybody that i don't use i use fidelity publishing but for pr 
there's a couple people that I've used in the past, uh, CLG Marketing, Owlin Pussycat, Jennifer Malone, right? She does videos and she does a lot of banners. And Melissa Smith, who is my assistant now, personal assistant, which is really helpful, and she's doing a lot of PR for me, uh, games and things like that. And I, am not, you know, I didn't want to really do a lot of that. We did a lot of that years ago, and now a lot of the newer authors are once again doing games and to get people interested in books, but. She doesn't. They don't really do children's books, and that's the unfortunate part. There's all these mothers that are out there and fathers writing, so they, but they're not really paying attention to the children's authors like they should, and hopefully they will because there are so many children's authors out there that are really good. They're just not getting published with the traditional because actually I was an agent for 20 years, and. The agencies, the publishers, they're not taking people like they should because it's very expensive to take on a children's writer because it's illustrations, it's a lot of PR. So there's a lot of us out there that are really good and have really good illustrations and good messages, and kids and parents don't really care sometimes who the publisher is. They just care if their kids enjoy the book. And if the kids want to be read to at night, which is really important, that and that's a good thing. So there are ways, and if anybody would like to know who these people are, you can always email me or go on my website, Marsha Casper Cook, and just email me and let me know, or on Facebook, and I'll tell you some of the people. I don't tell anybody who to use unless I've used them, and I'm satisfied, because there's a lot of people out there. And I do try a lot of things, but I, I don't refer people that wouldn't be good for anybody I know. So that's, you know, think about that. And I think one of the things, before we get into the conversations of other things, I wanted to have Rich talk a little bit about how he did so many books with so many messages and what he does about clip art and how he gets all this art out there. Rich, how do you do all these? I mean, that's a lot of books. Well, I'm retired, and um, I I don't care much for TV, and so when my wife is watching a, a movie, I will just sit there and uh, work on my books on my laptop, um, and it's always editing, re-editing, re-editing, re-editing. I use PowerPoint uh, to put in my text, and I put in my uh, I purchase clip art uh, from um, Educlips. And they do just the kind of clip art that I want. I organize it. Which and play what is around it called? Educlip. Well, what was the name of that? Educlip. Ed- it's from Teachers Pay Teachers. Oh, so, oh. So a, uh, Teachers Pay oh. Teachers is a place that um, uh, you have to do a license. So when I purchase clip oh. art from her, I purchase a, a license um, for twenty-five dollars that allows oh. me to make a, one book. And so every time I do a book with her clip art. Oh. And she does beautiful clip art. Um, I pay her uh, for for a license to use that clip art in my book. Um, right. Okay. That's a good idea. The, um, yeah. The reason I got into PowerPoint was when I first started teaching. I used to use a slide projector visual, and they want to see, um, you know, the pyramids. They want to see um, whatever we're talking about. So. 
I would use uh, slideshows and take pictures out of different books, uh, encyclopedias, and other ones to show in the classroom. And then PowerPoint came out, and I thought, this is perfect, because what I'll do for a student is I show the picture, ask students questions. I use the uh, Socratic method. So I'll ask questions. I'll say, oh, who knows what this is? And hopefully there's one student that does, and, and I have the students. I've learned that students learn more when they teach each other than if the teacher's up there just talking because they'll just yeah. tune out the teacher, but they will listen to each other. And so what I'll say is, who knows yeah, what this good. is? And then somebody will explain what it is, or nobody will answer. And I said, okay, there's the set of encyclopedias. Go look it up and find out what it is. And how do we do that? Well, what do you think it might be? And so we would go through that whole process. And then the next slide I would have, after I had the question and a picture, I would have some more information. And I would have students reading that and discussing it and whether they agreed with it or not. A lot of times on purpose I would put misinformation to say, how many of you believe this? And the kids would go, well, that doesn't make sense. And I said, you're right. This is not true. This is, this is an urban myth. This is just somebody that put down the wrong information because I wanted my students to think critically and analyze yeah. what. Which is good. And to discuss and debate, argue with it. I also found that when the state of California required me to use a certain reading book, the kids didn't like it, and I didn't like it either. And so what I did was I went to the librarian, asked her for a lot of paperback books and uh, audio tapes, books on tapes. And I first started out with, um, I brought these banker books in, and I laid the books all around the classroom. And I said, okay, students, pick which book you want, easy or hard. That's up to you. You're going to be keeping a reading journal, and you can write as much or as little as you want. But you're going to answer um, five questions, and you're going to make your opinion about it. And they'd say, what are the five questions? I said, well, number one, you're going to answer who the book's about. And you don't have to finish the book to answer that. What happened? Why did it happen? Where did it take place? Well, it doesn't always say. Well, you kind of guess where it take place. Does it take place on the planet Earth, or does it take place in the desert? And when did it happen? Well, it didn't say. Well, do you think it's in the past or the present or the future? And so the, then I would have the students read uh, a little bit from their book by standing up and either reading from their book or talking about the book that they're reading at that point. I would point out to the students that they don't have to like every book they read. I don't like every book I read, so they don't have to either. I said, you can either stop and get another book or you can just finish that book just to see if it gets better. And when students would get up and talk about a book, other students would say, hey, when you're finished with that book, I want to read it. And so then they'd have to be a waiting list because there'd be three or four students or six students or eight students that wanted to read that book. And so I would say, write your name on a list, and we'll draw randomly a name, and, and you, that's the next student to read after you. And it was just for soon um, I had magazines also. I had uh, skateboarding magazines, and I had fashion magazines, and uh, all sorts of magazines. That, and then there was a, a, a magazine called Highlighters that a lot of the kids loved. And these are uh, fourth through eighth grade students' levels that yeah. I taught. I hope, um, but I've gone down as low as kindergarten, and I've, I've gone as high as, as uh, college. But what I found was that when they got to choose and to discuss and to argue and debate, and it was interesting to have one, one student said, oh, I read that book, I didn't like it. And other says, I liked it, I thought it was a great book. And so it was interesting to see 
the yeah. different opinions going See, that's on. A good why, discussion. why do you like right. it? Or, yeah, why do you like it or why don't you like it and what is it you don't like about it? And so it was neat to see their journals and then I would randomly call on students, but I would check off who I called on so because I couldn't get to every student in one day. So the next day I'd go to the students I hadn't gotten to the day before. Finally, after I got to every student, I'd just start back randomly from the beginning again. And it was just, I had parents come up to me and say, my kid loves to read. They've never loved to read. They used to hate reading. See, that's so important. Mm -hmm. I said, that's great. And they said, and my kid's asking to subscribe to a skater's magazine, and so we're going to do that. And I said, well, good. That's that's really good. Right. It's a roundabout way of making them happy. And enjoy reading and have the fun of reading. And and realizing you don't have to like every book, because I don't like every book. Right, exactly. Right. Now, yeah. Judy, do you have any questions to ask him? No, you know, no, I, I, I just totally agree. It's like, it's, it's, you know, it sounds, first of all, interesting class. I would have liked to be in the class. Me too. But, um, you know, it's like, that's why oh, I that always have, so I have him on because I wish I was in his studio. I know. My life like, might have changed. So interesting. My life might but have I think changed. Let him, it is. When you're saying that, I thought, oh, I'd like that. But, um, yeah. you know, like you said, um, let him read what, you know, that interests them. And I, and I think I said right before the show, I was talking about um, one of my old roommates who was a reading instructor in a school. She used to say, give them, co- I mean, obviously appropriate which ones, but yeah. give them comic books if that interests them. I you know in our family oh, yes. with Star Wars, oh, yes. you know, my sons love, we yeah. get one of them Star Wars or one of them this. And, and so, you know, we go with the interest. And like you said, Rich, you know, they just suddenly like, oh, I'd like this magazine or, you know, can I stay up later and re- finish reading this book? You know, and that's was exciting to see, actually. It is exciting to see. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, and I think that a lot of, you know, I've heard from other teachers, too, that have done that. They let their kids, you know, their own kids. It's not what they maybe could have could do in the school, but they if their sons or daughters didn't like reading, they'd find them things that they liked. Because as long as they're reading, it's something to help them, and later, you know, later on, because it you really reading is so important. If you you know, it, it is you know, maybe people aren't reading books, but they're on the computer, so they are reading all the time. You're reading something. If, you know, if I can share just like for that. two minutes, I when you said sure. that we had my, again, my I have a, a two and a half uh, year old granddaughter, and when they visited, and when they went back home, my son said. What did you like best about going to Grandma Judy's and, and uh, uh, Papa's house? And she goes, I loved reading books. She just loved yeah. She called Great. and said, please, re- please read me a book, you know, with Skype Well, then or she'll something. remember that. I mean, yeah. as she grows but she always, up. I, I thought it was funny. That was the thing. That. Like, you know. Yeah, I think that's important, you know. And I think, well, as grandparents, you know, are very important. If you have grandparents, you're really lucky. You know, and I always use grandparents in my books, my family books, in the comedies, whatever I'm writing, there's always usually a grandparent in it, you know, because I think it's important if you have grandparents to, you know, be with them because they can teach you a lot of lessons. So I think, you know, and, you know, as far as school goes, I think right now, you know, there's a lot of issues because of COVID and a lot of people I know in the Chicagoland area so many people are so happy that the year is over already. They can, like, take a breather because it's been really nerve-wracking for them, you know. And I think hopefully next year will be better. But it's next year is a couple months, so I don't know, you know. But I'm hoping that parents, if they're listening, you know, 
to this at least will help the children if you read to them or they read to you or listen to audio books. I know, Rich, you like audio books. So you want to talk a little bit about what you think audio books can do for people for communication skills? I think it's great for them. What I realized when I was teaching was there were students, there were certain students, but they love to talk and they love to play musical instruments and they love to be in chorus. And then I realized after a while that they're auditory learners. They learn by listening. I, I noticed when I had uh, two students at a computer playing organ trail, one student was looking at the other student and talking with him the whole time that they were playing organ trail because I usually had them in pairs so they could discuss. I looked up and I said, uh, Mary, where are you at on the organ trail? And she says, oh, we're at Independence Rock and there's graffiti all over the place. And she went on and on. And I realized she wasn't looking at the computer because she's not visual. I said, Mary, are you in chorus? Oh, yeah. Are you in band? Oh, I play, I play a, a flute. Oh, I said, well, good. She's auditory. And so... What I begin to realize is that not only sending the students in pairs so they could discuss and argue and debate, but I started getting earphones and getting uh, books on tape and audio books. And I realized that there, there are different learners that some are visual, some learn by uh, listening, some are hands-on. That's why I had the kids make models. I would have models of uh, whatever we were studying, whether it was history or, or math or, or whatever it might be. They would, even in math, you can make a model of a of a dohedron and have uh, discuss it in terms of holding the paper and and um, doing the uh, origami that kids love to do when they when they're hand, hands on. And you, you begin to see that you can't teach. Most teachers are visual through college. That's how they got through college as visual learners. You can't do that to all kids. All kids are not visual, and so you have to have auditory. Uh, I had one girl who had been in the hospital for a, a week. She came back and I, she said, I said, uh, you missed the chapter test on, in science. Uh, do you want to take it later? And she says, oh no, I, I read the book three times. I'm ready to take it. Now she always got A's. She took the test and she flunked it. Hmm. I said, wow. yeah. you're in band and chorus. Yeah. Well, you have to read the book out loud. Nobody ever told me that. I said, that's yeah. because you're always in class and you listen to the teachers in the class talking, so you learn it by listening. Oh, okay. I said, now I'm going to tear up this test, and you come back in uh, a few days from now and retake the test, and if you want, I'll read the test out loud to you. She goes, okay. And so she came back, and I said, you want me to read it out loud to you? And she says, I think I'm just going to read it out loud in my head because that's what I usually do. And I said, okay. So she did that, and... She passed it. And I said, how, yeah, did, how yeah. did you read it? She said, I read it out loud three times. And yeah. we need to, as teachers, we need to realize, and as parents, we need to realize that all students and all children don't learn the same way. Yeah, and, and as adults, you know, sometimes, like when I had done my last book, Second Chances, I have audio books on all my books. So when I, it was already approved and done and, and the, you know, Tom Lemon, he, Lennon, he did my audio. He did a fabulous job. And then I heard it. And then I went, and then when I heard it, I saw that I made a mistake on the dog's name. Because I knew it, I thought of it in my head, but I didn't go back to check 
because that was just in a thought. The dog wasn't in it all the time in this book. And when I heard it, I went, oh, my God, I, the name is wrong. But I didn't. I read the story over and over and over, but not until I heard the audio book did I know that it was a mistake. And then we changed it naturally. But if I didn't hear it in audio, I wouldn't even know that it, because when I saw it, when I was reading it, it didn't dawn on me. But when I heard it, as soon as I heard it, I went, oh, my God, it's the wrong name. So, you know, and so I think I learned that way, too. And I think a lot of adults, when they do their work, they're reading their stories. I read them out loud after, you know, I finish a chapter or something to make sure it makes sense because that's how I learn too. But I didn't, you know what, I didn't know it. So sometimes people don't even realize that's how they learn. But, you know, with help, with you know, what schools now are different. But, I mean, a lot of teachers don't take the time that you did. Uh, Judy, do you have anything to add to that? Audiobook? No, um, no. I just think they're terrific, and and I, I tend to be a visual learner, and so I don't get audio books. I, I I like the paperback held in my hand, like the one I have um, with um, uh, with y'all. The Ocean Creature one is is a paperback. I, I order that um, because not that I I can't do you know audio, but I'm a visual learner, so I'd love to have that book in my hand and yeah. read what it says, the words. But I think that, that Rich was making a good point just because I'm that way. If I'm teaching a child or when I, with my own kids or grandkids, they might have a different style. They might be an auditory right. learner or hands-on right. learner. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add, uh, Rich, on that subject with the audiobooks? I wish people would. I, I have so many people on the shows that say they just don't like audiobooks at all. You know, and they I don't even know if they try some thing, of them. They're, I think they're visual, but the guy who does my audiobooks now, he's wonderful because he puts in sound effects. I have found a source yeah. oh, of that's great. sound effects. And so when things happen in the book, he's that's able great. to put in a sound effect for that particular thing. And I, and I appreciate that. That makes it that nice. That's wonderful. Idea. Sorry, I'm reacting to that. When that's wonderful. I've never heard of someone yeah. doing that. That's terrific. And there was no charge. It was public domain. He gave credit to them and came to them, so did I. But, you know, the. I think that we, we lost him, I think. Hello? Yeah, I heard the call back. Yeah, yeah we lost him. Okay. okay. Right. You know. Right, and, you know, that that's the thing, you know, about reading skills. You know, I think that they rely on the old method sometimes and some of the teachers and some of the newer ones. And I think that that could help a lot of kids now, you know, if they would give them the opportunity to hear things rather than not hear things. You know, they they sometimes they don't. A lot of teach a lot of because a lot of teachers probably don't do this. You know, and I know maybe a lot they don't. Of, or they combine but, it. I know in the library we used to have something like a stuffed animal, something kinesthetic that they could hold, and then they would hear us talk, and then they, you know later they would they would um, um, you know more more visual. They would read the book, so they combine them. So hopefully, a lot of teachers are. are you know, again, what a great profession, are combining them for the kid to learn. And the, hopefully at, at home the parents are reading to the kids if they have time. I know it's a, it's hard at times. Rich is back on. Rich, I'm sorry we lost you, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's okay. Are you you're back but on? I, I, right. agree okay. with, I agree with Judy. Judy, Judy yep. 
it just the more the parents can interact with the students in terms of, of reading and in terms of, of chores and responsibility, uh, th- that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and here's another thing that Rich had that, written that he would like to talk about is practice ways to distinguish fact and fiction as well as truth and lies. Well, that would probably be good for adults too. So let's hear about that because it, that's important. You know, that's really but, yeah, one of the problems we're all facing class, now. Like, I would make statements like, hey, you guys, there's six planets. And they go, no, there's not. I says, well, how do you know? Well, you told us. Do you believe everything I say? I says, I'm right. right. I make mistakes. I, well, I don't always say the right thing. I had three sets of encyclopedias, so I'd say, go, go look it up and show me and prove it to me what it is. Yeah. And then um, what was neat about that was later on when we got the Internet, then it would be, the, okay, go to the computers and go look it up in the computer and, and find out. So it, it's, and I said, you I would ask the students, how many of you believe everything on the Internet? And a few hands yeah, because that's, and that's said, like fact-checking. That's like they have people on TV that are fact-checking, you know, and when in magazines, and, you know, that's so important to give the right information. What was interesting is I said, well, the rest of you explained to them why everything is not true on the Internet. And other kids yeah. would say, because some people lie on purpose or some people yeah. ask one lie that they think is true or not. And uh, it's verified from many sources, not just one source of yeah. information. Yeah, I think right. I think it's it's hard to distinguish sometimes, and so sometimes when before, like a lot of people will repeat a story they heard, and then another person will repeat that story, and another person will repeat that story, and by the time it gets to so and so, it's all wrong. So when you're passing information, it's always good to check to make sure that it's right before you pass it on, because that's what happens a lot of times. You know, you. I would. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard for. In the I'd say, okay, yeah. I'm going to whisper something in this person's ear. Oh, okay. I'm going to whisper <laughs> right. person to different person, and then when it gets back to the last person, we're going to see what I said, and so I'm going to I write down on a piece of paper and I. Yeah. Um, there's a full moon tonight. And then it would go around the room and whispers. And one person next. Finally, it would come back and it would say, the sun is shining. And everybody laughed. And it comes back, the sun is shining. What's going on here? And it's, it's how rumors get started and how misinformation gets around. Is it? Yeah, is it, and that, that is very and, true. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That is true. By the time it gets around, it's like nothing like it first started. You know, so a lot of the things. You know, I'm thinking myself. A lot of the, these points, it would be really good if adults thought this way because people do pass bad information around. We see it every day. You know, and so I think sometimes out there when people are trying to communicate and they're listening to a podcast, they're reading a book, they're reading a magazine, they're listening to the news, and everybody's got a different opinion. So that's another thing, you know. So sometimes you have to, like, think about something and really make sure that you understand it before you, you know, pass it on to someone because it is going to go in a different direction a lot of times, not when you might not want it. You know, it's good that you to do that. I can see kids having that. That's a good idea. You know, I don't know what goes on, you know, right now exactly how they're teaching and they have so many issues and 
you know, a lot of kids really hated to be home. You know, I think, Rich, you were one, on the, one of the first shows I think we did uh, during the pandemic. And we had, you know, so many, you know, we had a lot of authors on talking about this and uh, Book Magic we had, you know, Leah on. And I think Magic Bean uh, we had on, uh, Liette and Sal was on. You know, I think you were on those shows, Rich. And, the, you know, none of everybody was just kind of scattered in our thoughts at that time knowing what these kids are what's going to happen to the kids because we were all concerned because they were home and that's a hard thing to learn at home so how do you i mean if you were right now teaching how do you think this could work for kids i mean do you have any you know because it may happen again where parents have to have their children home, whether they want to think it might happen, it may happen. So what would your advice be for them to try to get through it? Because I know a lot of people, their kids were having a really hard time learning at home. Any advice my, my on granddaughter, that? My granddaughter and grandson, when they live in Southern California, and they said they had Zoom where they would be the teacher and right. lots of students and um, making comments and discussing and going over things. And I said, did you learn that way? And she says, oh, yeah, it was just like being in a regular classroom, except well, you were watching it on the screen. So there's a program called Zoom that schools use that allows yeah. a teacher to work with students um, anytime. Um, when we were talking about misinformation, years ago I passed on misinformation, and my oldest son um, called me up and he says, Dad, he said, what you just passed on on, on uh, the Internet is, is false. I said, how do you know, son? He said, go to Snopes, S-N-O-P-E-S dot com. And I, he said, what they do is they investigate information on the wow. Internet. And I, sure enough, I went and I went there and I go, oh, I'm, I, I, I apologize. I passed on the yeah. wrong information. So I wrote an apology. Yeah, that was good because, you know, I, I really know that this is being passed on wrong information a lot of times, you know. Um, yeah, which is it, it's tough. It's a whole different world now. It's very different, uh, and it's probably very tough for kids. College, kid, college kids had a very hard time, a lot of them that I knew, staying home and doing, you know, not socializing. It, it, I think it was it, tough. It, Judy, go Yeah, ahead. I think that's... That's getting out of that a little bit, um, but I mean, yeah. there's still obviously. But um, the, I found that a lot of the the kids are are doing this school, you know, school safety sanctioned Zoom. And if anything, the the college kids, it's like gives them lots of opportunities, or they're they're doing some of this remote with kids from other countries even more, and getting different yeah. ideas about different cultures. So I think there is a plus side. I mean, it, it obviously is terrible, you know, to have people have to stay home and be ill or, you know, but I think there's a plus side, some of the Zoom stuff um, for these college kids. It's second nature. I mean, my kids who are in their, you know, 30s, older 30s, this is second nature to them that they use this stuff. And um, that's kind of cool in its own way. Um, again, as long as you don't put them in front of the, the, the computer and then you don't interact with them or you don't read books or you don't ask questions like, you know, y'all were talking about, you know, you know, say, well, right. what, what was it you were listening to? Tell me about, oh, you heard about the planets. Which, What do they say now, you know? Yeah. 
Well, right. Agreed. And, and yeah. like, a, yeah, yeah. And, and talking talking it over with the parents is a good thing. And, you know, but it's not really, some for, for some parents it's really difficult. They're working two and three jobs. It's really yes, hard yes. now, you know, Absolutely. and they're having a really hard time. And you could see where that mm-hmm. would be hard, you know. And um, hopefully those kids will have other friends that will discuss things, you know, and that's a good thing. You know, sometimes if you're having a problem, sometimes you don't tell your parents. You tell a teacher or you tell a friend, you know. Right. You know, which unfortunately some friends, you know, which is good and bad. You know, you don't want your friend to tell someone, but sometimes if it's not a good thing, what does the child do? So, and it all depends on the development of the child, what they think they should tell a parent about the other, you know, because nobody wants to tell somebody else's child, you know, somebody else's parent about what their child says, but occasionally you might come across something that maybe you think that. So what do you think that, how do you think that can change? You know, because that's, you know, they're a little older now that this is happening to because, you know, as far as with guns and things like somebody will be on the Internet and they'll be on and they make a statement. So that's a difficult thing. Does the child say something? I They probably want to but are afraid. Rich, any ideas on what a child, you can tell your children about this? You know, how well, to know thought, what what to tell and what don't. When I taught, I, I said, class, what's the difference between uh, – a tattletale and a responsible person, and and the kids. Well, a tattletale is. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? And I said, Well, what do you think a tattletale is? And finally, we get around to where a tattletale tells something you didn't need to tell. I says, We don't need any tattletales in this class. If if right. something's no big deal, nobody's being hurt, and nobody's being bugged. You, I don't need you tattletaling um, that uh, somebody has a hat on. That's not a big deal. I said, I'll find out later, sooner or later, that they have their hat on in class, and I'll ask them to please right. remove it. But and it's just a matter of, you know, generally it hats up in respect. But I said, but a responsible person tells me something that they need to tell. And I had an eighth-grade girl come in the classroom with a black eye, and I always tell her. And so I looked at this was third-period yeah. uh, class. And she comes in, and, and I said, oh, did you run into the door? Her head went down, and she sat at her seat and didn't even look at me. Now, this is a, a girl that we always joke back and forth. So yeah. I called two of her friends over, and I said, you two go out with her. You find out why she got the black eye. You don't have to tell me. She doesn't have to tell me, but she does have to tell you. And they go, okay. Right. So I said, and you're excused from today's work. You don't have to do today's work. So they went outside for about 20 minutes, came back in, and the girl went straight with her head down, went straight to her seat and sat down and picked up her pencil and started reading her book and taking notes. The other two girls came up to me and they said, she told us not to tell you, but we're going to tell you anyhow. I said, well, that's your choice. They said, she said that her stepfather hit her in the eye because she refused his advances. I said, okay. I said, you guys, sometimes people lie and she might be lying. We don't know. I don't think she is, but she might be. I said, you're only going to talk with you two and me and her. Only the four of us are going to talk. Don't talk to anybody else. I'm going to call Children's Protective Service, and we will see what happens. 
So at lunchtime, I go down and I call CPS, and I gave the, the parents' address and phone number, and, and I gave the information with the black eye. The next day, she's gone. So I called CPS, and I said, I'd like to find out about uh, the girl that I reported. And they said, well, we can't tell you. I said, but I'm the one that reported it. Just tell me that she's okay. okay. Oh, hello? lost him again. Oh, boy. I know. Must, he must have a bad connection today. Yeah, that hasn't happened before. Yeah, he might be in mm-hmm. a place. Where, yeah. Well, I think that, and that's the whole thing. Do when is the time to tell somebody? Do you have any feelings about that, or what? You know, have you ever I, gone into well, I think something? I he handled that? it. Handle, handle it real well because yeah. you really yeah. do have to. I mean, especially nowadays, as you know, I mean, you have to tell somebody. You know, and and as I said, um, you know, my experience with teachers is that they do a a terrific job of you know of of handling situations you know not everyone but most teachers are are amazing but you have to tell someone you know you know you don't want a kid at home to get hurt you don't want him to hurt someone else you don't and so I, I think you have to tell I mean tell someone you know that's my yeah Rich my, you know. back I know we were just talking about you know what you did and so do you want to finish the story? I mean, we, maybe you have a yeah. bad connection today or something. I don't know what. what I, probably, I probably have a bad connection because I've been losing my yeah. Internet also. Um, oh, okay. So right. Then that's why, yeah. After several days, she finally came back, and she came up. And then I'm the kind of teacher that I hug my kids from the side. I give them a side hug. Or I sure. put my hand on their shoulder. Yes. It's a way of, of communicating it and saying I care about you. So she comes in and she gives me a hug and says, I'll talk with you at lunchtime. Now, I'm the kind of teacher that stays in my classroom even at lunchtime. I eat lunch with the kids and talk with them. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I go on the other when I don't have to, and I have fun with it. And my classroom is always open for board games and ping pong and, and uh, PTA brought me uh, foosball. Did you always do that? You stayed in your classroom? Do you always stay? You've always. always I've that? always the kind of yeah. stayed in my classroom. And so um, I even got excused from teachers' meetings. I didn't have to go to them because I stayed in the classroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's a good idea, though, you know, because uh, right, yeah. during re- recess and lunch is where yeah. a lot of these things take place at school. Right, Tough one, right, you know, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. I used to hate so recess. <laughs> That's never, I used to always say, oh, please, get through recess. Yeah. So she comes in at lunchtime, and I have a quarter of a room. There's all the kids around there. So the kid comes up, I put my hand up, meaning I'm talking to this student, talk to me later. And so we go to the corner and I say, wow, are you okay? She says, I am now. I said, what happened? You don't have to tell me unless you want to. She says, I want to tell you. She said, that night, a man and a woman came to our house from Children's Protective wow. Service. Yeah. I said, oh, okay. And my stepfather and my mother were there, and the man and the woman asked about my black eye. And my mother said, well, my husband, she ran into a door. Oh, the woman yeah. said, put her hand to her face, and she said, when you run into a door, you have a line going up and down your eye. When you're hit in the eye with a fist, you have a circle around your eye. So oh. your husband is lying. She did not run into a door. He hit her with his fist. She said, my mom realized that I had been trying to tell her that he really was coming on to me. My mom looked at him and said, get your clothes, get out of my house. I'm putting a restraining order on you. 
You're not to go to my daughter's school or get to be near me. You stay away or I'm calling the police. And then she asked the two, she said, my mom asked the two people, could you please stay until he's out of here? And they said, sure. And so he left. And I said, have you been back? And she said, no. And, of course, we at the school, we have a list of students that have restraining orders uh, against uh, a parent or an aunt or an uncle or somebody. So uh, I said, I said, now you realize that not all men are this way. And she says, yeah, I know that. I says, okay. She says, I know that because of you. Oh, that was, see, that's a good, see, you know, that I'm sure she remembers to this day, you know, because I think that kids, they remember things like that, and it means a lot to them. Because, you know, kids will always say that my teacher did this or did that, the good and the bad. But when you help a, a child, I don't think they forget that ever. And I think that's a good thing because they will always remember that, and they might help somebody else out in that way that you did. Because sometimes Absolutely. you just need a yeah. little help. Yeah, you know, and, and there are these situations, you know, and I, during the pandemic I know for sure that what I've heard, well, I, I know this, that we, they did go into this a lot, mm-hmm. is that people were home to, they were home with each other locked in the house for all these days with kids and, and people's, you know, there was a lot of tension and a lot of trouble in homes. So I, I'm sure social services had their hands full, you know, during this time because, you know, it was very stressful for everybody, you know, and so I think hopefully parents, you know, are aware of what's going on and, like, the mother probably didn't. They, you know, she probably didn't have any idea. So by you having social services, it brought it all out. So I think that's a good thing because the mother, may, you know, she never, she might have known and pretended she didn't, and you know that she did know, didn't know, but she might have not known. And so, in that case, I think for you, I think you will be someone she will remember that got her out of, you know, a problem that could have really been serious, and she could have really gotten hurt. So I think that's always yep, a good I, thing mm-hmm. that you did. Yeah, I think it's very. I good. always told my students. Be careful of who you trust, because yeah. and sometimes you you break up and get mad at each other. Be careful who you tell secrets to do, because once yeah. you tell one person, it's not a secret anymore. And unless yeah. the only secrets you tell are ones that are important in terms of somebody really needs to know, like like you're being abused or you're being hurt or right. you're being yes. on. Right, absolutely. Those you don't keep secret. Mm-hmm. So that's right. the first day of you school. Know, I always talked about what is it. What is a bully and why are there bullies yeah. to get kids to, to talk about it? And then I would have kids come up to me and say, um, Mr. Lindwell, so-and-so is a bully. I said, um, what, what do you want me to do? Uh, I can call the police. I can call the parents. It won't do any good because he does it on the weekends and he does it after school. Uh, yeah. I said, well, um, you guys want some pointers? Yeah, give us some ideas because we don't know what to do. I said, well, first of all, Travel in groups. Don't be alone. Second of all, yeah. the minute you see him pick on somebody, the rest of you walk between him and the, yeah. the target. I don't call it a victim because a victim means you have no choice. They're a target. Right. I said, you walk between him and the target, and you say, we don't do that around here, and you make, sh- and you make sure he backs off. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. we'll try that. So the yeah. next day, I sent him to the office because he was 
absent that day. And then the next day he came and I sent him to the office. And the, uh, I said to the kids, okay, how's it going? And they said, it worked. After school, he was going to pick on somebody. And he, we went over and we, stalked, we walked between him. And we said, well, you don't do that around here. And he backed off. And it, it seems to work. We think it works. And I said, well, you let me know if it doesn't work anymore. Okay, we'll let you know. And for the rest of the school year, I keep saying, how's he doing? Uh, he's fine. He doesn't bother us anymore. That's what I need to hear. Is that in your book? I know you have a book. Um, I forget the title. Um, bullying. I know one of the books that you have out of your 150 because, is about bullying, isn't it? Book, why are there bullies and what can you do about them? Right, um, right. I, I did some that, research yeah. on that. Um, but that, that is an example of traveling in groups. That you mm-hmm. find yeah, a safe so adult a, mm-hmm. and a safe group to stay with at all times. Good, good idea. Um, Very good example. But you know what? I'm listening to the show as we're doing it, and I'm thinking so many of these things apply to adults, too, that we're talking about. You know, um, I think sometimes adults think that because they're adults, they don't need to, you know, they can go someplace alone, and sometimes they can get hurt, you know, and it's scary. So a lot of times... If if someone thinks that it might not be a good idea for them to go alone, being an adult too, don't. Don't, you um, know. And I, I use your own as an adult. Hopefully, you can use judgment. But I, yeah. this sounds like a lot of these things can happen to adults. Yes, you know, sometimes you just do things and you don't think too. about it, and then afterwards you go, "Why did I do that? I could have been really hurt, or something could have happened." You know, the good thing is is that people have phones now, so at least they can get some help if they need it. But years ago, you couldn't. So if you got hurt, you could be wherever you are, stuck, till someone finds you. I, I told my students about research in, in Grand Central Park in New York City. They took movies of people walking through Grand Central Park, and then they went to muggers that were in jail, and they said, we want you to tell us who you would mug. And yeah. so they would show these people walking through Central Park, and the muggers would say, I would mug them, I wouldn't mug them, I would mug them, but I'm not going to mug that one. And then they tried to see a pattern. The pattern was, and I would model it in front of the students, <clears throat> the ones that they said they would mug, their head is down, their, their shoulders are slumped, they're bent over, and they're walking in a way that indicates they're afraid. And I said, now here's uh, the one that the muggers... Uh-huh. Pattern for the ones the muggers said they would not walk, uh, mug. They walk with their head up, their chest up, their shoulders up. They're not hunched over. They, they're glancing out of the corner of their eye, but they're looking forward and they're going to where they're going to go. That's what the muggers yeah, said. They're in they control, right. They're in control of their destiny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, and I think, you know, also, I mean, I'm having a show actually um, next Friday. Uh, well, yeah, it's the 8th, I think. When is it? Um, on women's rights. And um, I'm having a, let's see, yeah, July 8th. And, you know, I think I'm going to also bring up while we're talking about women's rights, about being bullied at work, because, you know, a lot of women have a lot of issues in the office. So I think I put that on my list because as we're talking, I'm thinking, this this is just really about adults too, you know, and having a good opinion of yourself and trying to, you know, be in charge of your own destiny, and I think women 
thought they were going to be in charge of their own destiny, and now they're not. So that's why I'm having the show on many issues. It's not just it's not a political show. It's just about women in general losing rights and trying to be strong women. Because I think a lot of the younger people are strong. So I think if it starts at a young age, feeling good about yourself and trying to face things head on, I think a woman and a man can be much more sufficient, you know, self-sufficient in this world. And I think just by what you said now about walking, you know, with your head up high, it's like you are showing strength, whether you feel it or not. You're just trying well, to I, come across. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I Actually, I've known that in terms of adult woman for years. I remember someone saying when you walk out of the grocery store, you look, you know, you you look around. You don't walk straight. You don't be look, yeah. getting your keys out of your purse. That you look, you put your shoulders back. Just what Rich is saying. You you know, you look yeah. up. Yeah. You're going straight, but you're looking to your side to make sure no one's there. And so, just that whole air of confidence, and also you're not digging into a bag or purse or you know things like yeah, that. So many things apply to you know. So I think if kids, you know, at the end of the day, if kids actually learn these things. This mm-hmm. will get them through adulthood, you know, and um, as can, far as they go. interrupting again, but is Rich, yeah. is that in that book of yours? I haven't gotten that one yet. The one yes. on bullies, uh, is that that sort of yes. stuff in there, Why too? Why is there bullying? What can you do about them? Yeah, the that one. Yeah. that I recommend to my students and to parents yeah. is self-defense. When you take a self-defense class, my youngest boy, when he was in sixth grade, there was a bully that kept picking on him. Uh-huh. And so I'd had boxing in high school and in college so I taught my son to box and I said would you like to take a taekwondo class and he says what's that and I said well it's, it's self-defense and it's right and it's nearby yeah dad let's do that he took the taekwondo class he took uh, he and I practiced boxing together and after a few days I said well how's it going with the bully and he says that bully doesn't bother me dad he knows that I can take care of myself yeah see and, you know what and that's a good thing you know what? It, I'm sure today in this world, he it has helped him. Oh yeah. You know, I and, and I, I, would, I have said this many have, times. I would have assemblies, self-defense yeah. classes come yeah. in and, and show the students how yeah. to do self-defense, and I would have uh, a taekwondo uh, teachers come into my classes at noontime, or my students at noontime, and say, "Okay, well, we're going to show you how to do some self-defense." And yeah, I took it for a couple of years, and I and I had mentioned this many times on my shows because I feel that that should be a standard in schools because I think I when a child takes Taekwondo, they, they're they also mentally able to handle homework and stress a lot better because it, there's yeah. something about it, and even Tai Chi, mm-hmm. those are things that I wish they taught in schools because sometimes gym, they're cutting gym classes, whatever, but these would be alternatives, and these would be so helpful, especially for little kids that they won't feel as bullied because they'll feel, like, much more confidence. You know, I think confident people, like you're saying, but Taekwondo is a good thing. It's real, And I don't know why they don't do it in the schools. I think they should. That should be part of the curriculum in today's well, world. Sadly, in schools, the first thing cut is art, music, yeah, and PE. Yeah, I know. They cut I know. back in those things, and that's sad. And 
And that's very sad because kids need, you know, and even recess. Recess is a way, you know, as a parent, I know it was not fun for recess because my son had, you know, was bullied. And recess, it was terrible, you know. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, they have people watching kids at recess, but not enough because this is where a lot of the bullying takes place at recess. Agreed. And at lunch. Mm-hmm. And at lunch. Lunch, lunch you know. and recess are real hot. Yeah, spots. those yeah. are the two things. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I do think some of these things are just seem so simple. Just teach them Taekwondo. Teach you know, just a self confidence. And honestly, there's there's skills for studying. Everything would be better, I think, because they're going to be focused. When you take Taekwondo, you're focused. So I I, I think this is a good thing. Adults can do this, and a lot of adults do. So I think these are things that everything today almost that we talked about can be used as you're, when you're an adult. These are just steps to take to make yourself feel better about yourself. And once you do that, you can handle a lot of things. You know, you can even handle being bullied at work because that you're stronger. You feel strong. And I think the part of being you know, standing up straight is probably a really good advice for people because that's just a little touch that they can do when they walk in a room that they have confidence. So I think that's a good thing. I do too. Yeah. Any anybody yeah, would I, like, before? Yeah, we're almost done with the show today, but I would like to know: does, Do you have anything else that you'd like to ask each other, or anything else you want to add? I have a question for Rich, and you kind of covered it, but yeah. I'm still amazed. 150 books. <laughs> Just, I think that's very cool. I love your stories in the classroom because you're the t- type of. A teacher, frankly, all kids need. I'm just yeah, yes. You know, I, and many educational, emotionally, children. Yeah, you know, yeah. seriously. In terms of you, you must have been a wonderful, and I'm sure kids will come back and yeah. they'll always remember you. Uh, you always remember. I think all, some, someone like that. But uh, but the 150 <laughs> books. Did you yeah. did you like print those all up yourself? I mean, for so, for I our listeners out Amazon. there who who are saying I can never do a Amazon. Book. Amazon. Anybody can do a book. It's just a matter of wanting to. Um, in fact, yeah. I've had uh, a nurse at my hospital. She said, you know, my bucket list my whole life is I wanted to write a book. And I said, well, then do yeah. it. Sure, yeah. right. She said, really? I said, sure. I said, all you do yeah. is you go to Amazon and um, you publish the book. Uh, you submit it. There's no cost to you. You don't have to pay anything. And then if you sell the book, you get some money. She goes, but, but, but can I just give you the script and you get the illustrations for me and, and we'll publish it together? And I said, sure. So I, we published it. It's, it's about hummingbirds. And it was based on a true story about a hummingbird that flies into her house and flies around, but she does it from the viewpoint of the hummingbird and how they safely got it out of the house. And Hello? Oh, there he went. Okay, but he edited. But this is okay to add to that, Judy. They have to have the book edited. They need a good cover before they get and to Amazon. Okay, before they put right because you can't. You know, he's a, he edits obviously his own books, and that's good. But some people, myself, I put myself in that category. I can't edit my own books, so I couldn't just do a book. 
Okay. Yeah. When, I was know. thinking with readers or say, oh, I want to do a book, but but how do I no, you, get you the have photos to have it here? Edited. How do I? Okay. You have to okay. have it, you know, mm-hmm. formatted. You know, he's able to do this, but a lot of people cannot do this. You know, okay, and that, I think you're right. I, I mean, that's the answer to that question because we have so many people on that have done children's books, adult books, but you just can't, you know, but you can do a book and you should do a book, but it needs to be edited, a good cover, you know, and let me, let me put them back on before. Yeah. Amen. Let's see, I'm putting you back on. Yes, we. I just added your sub, you know, what I said was that, they should be have it edited, make sure the cover's okay, they can format it, because you can edit, but a lot of people can't. So there are editors out there that can help, you know, And but Amazon, you can, yes, get the book put on. With clip art, there are so many ways to do it, you know, and there are a lot of people now that are formatting for people at inexpensive prices. So um, I think that's a good thing for people now, to get their messages out, but Obviously, you edit your own books, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do my three most important rules for edit, re-edit, re-edit. Yeah. Right. See, because right, I I had said while you were while we were off is that I need to have editing. You know, I can write a good story, but I can't edit. You know, I I know it. So I think it's obvious if people know their strengths and weaknesses, you know, and editing for me, grammar is, you know, it's okay, but I, I can write the story, but I just, you know, and there are people to help people. And I think Absolutely. Amazon has that also, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't Amazon has, you can hire people that will help, you know, draft to yeah. digital too, I think you can help, you know, they help yeah. you. Yeah, because not everybody, you know, could possibly do it. But okay, so this has been a really good show. And I'm saying goodbye because I hope you don't get cut off again <laughs> because that's, you know, but yeah. So I think, you know, all in all today, I hope we got across to people that just be there for your children. You know, they need you. They need yeah. you at any age, you know, but they do need you and they need to know that they can come to you with problems. And so I think once you know that your parent is there for you, that makes all the difference in the world. In everything we do, you know that's why a lot of us feel when we've lost our parents, we miss them, no matter what age. I tell my teens, students, I say, you know, the only thing worse than being a teenager, and they go, no, nothing's worse than being a teenager. I said, yes, there is. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. It's being a parent of a teenager. Yeah. You guys are yeah. <laughs> all the things Yes, okay. Uh, Yes, I think that's very true. Okay, Judy, do you want to give your website? Sure. Um, This is the one that has children's books on it, my suspense, and actually songs. We do some songs out there. And and my husband's an author, his book on it. So it's it's www.judysnyder. It's all one word, S-N-I-D-E-R, not Y, judysnyder.com. That has got, that's the main place of everything I've done and my blogs, what I think on things, and a little bit of everything, and songs. And Rich, they, you you don't have a website, but you're on you have Facebook pages, a lot of them, right? There's a few. Right, but I also have my author page, which is. Uh, Hello. Uh, Do you know his author page? Yeah. No. Okay. 
All right, and but if you want to reach me, it's at marciacaspercook.com, and uh, Michigan Area Media is there too. And um, I have a new page um, for a group that I have now, so I'm trying to organize everything and not have so many pages, which everybody knows I've said over the years. I have, like, way <laughs> too many pages, <laughs> way too many things. Any group, any whatever, I belong to it, and I go, like, I don't need to be in this. <laughs> anyway, all right, thank you, Judy. Thank well, you, thank Rich. you very much, Marcia, okay, for having yes, me on. Right. And, and it was, and, thank you. And everybody have a safe, happy holiday. Absolutely. Okay, bye-bye. Take Thanks. care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.